Welcome to the Pathways to Profitability podcast, personal tales of business success, where we hear local business owners' personal stories of their trials and tribulations that got them to where they are today. Here's your host, Cheryl Mucha, CEO of CFO Your Way. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Welcome to Pathways to Profitability podcast. Our guest today is Mark Ridley from Green Shoots FX Corporate Payments. Mark, thank you so much for joining us today. Good morning. Thank you for having me today. I'm glad you're here. This is going to be a great conversation. Um, so, Mark, just tell our audience a little bit about yourself, a little bit how um, you started the company. So, uh, wow. Um, so, almost 30 years in financial services, um, seven banks that I've worked at, global banks on mm -hmm. uh, across two continents. Um, and I'll try and be as professional about this as I can, but 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 often, certainly in the larger banks, um, I felt like we incentivized bad behavior. And uh, my business partner and I uh, decided that we want to be part of the problem anymore and we wanted to be part of the solution so we wanted to offer um us-based businesses uh great pricing um good products uh but really um a, a good level of education when it came to moving money internationally when anybody sets up a business uh there's there's usually a laundry list of, of things that you'll you'll check off and typically Absolutely. like banking is is one of like one of those components but right. everything within banking which is lending <clears throat> your payroll and everything else and international money movement that all goes under one kind of lump right whereas we think that you should actually peel that out and look at specific components of that because um without realizing it move, moving money internationally can be incredibly expensive and you don't see it and you don't know it and so you end up losing out what could be um, we've got plenty of examples where um, one company in particular, we saved them just shy of a million dollars in wow. international money movement. So it's, it, you know, you, you think you got it under control and that's the, 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 the biggest thing we hear is, oh, I'm happy with my bank. Like, yeah, but right. give us 20 minutes and we'll, show, we'll save you a few bucks. So we just wanted to branch out on our own and, and provide that level of uh, service and education. So is that, like you say, it costs so much, is that in hidden fees or is that in um, the ability to negotiate or find better transaction rates? You know, it's it, it's a little bit of all of that. Um, here in the States, the biggest thing that we find it, uh, are that any, any importantly is typically paying a vendor in US dollars and not paying in the currency of the vendor. And what banks, right. sorry, what, <laughs> excuse me, what companies don't realize is in most cases, um, you're overpaying between four and 7% by paying in US dollars. Uh, so wow. the simple, the, 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 the kind of simple math, if you will, is we say, look, if you're paying, paying vendors in dollars, you're overpaying by 5%. If you are paying in a currency, which is the right thing to do and is, is considered to be best practice, and you're using a bank to do it, more often than not, you're overpaying by anything from one and a half to two percent, which doesn't sound like a lot. But if you're a small business and you're paying a hundred thousand bucks, right. well, wouldn't it be nicer to pay ninety eight thousand bucks right. or ninety five thousand? Yeah, definite zing to the bottom line. Uh, you know, it helps. And it, it's funny, like 
we have one client that we say, and I'm, I don't mean to laugh, uh, and I'm going to take that little smile back, but like we save them about $100 a month, and they are so grateful for that. And yet we spoke to a billion-dollar company where we could save them $5 million a year, and they just shrugged their shoulders and said, that's a chairman's lunch. Like, that that doesn't even move the needle in our place. Wow. So yeah. it's, yeah, you know, $5 million to someone is nothing, and, you know, 100 bucks to someone else right. is, is a lot of money. But typically we end up saving – you know, I'd say on average, we're, we're, we're probably saving a couple of few hundred thousand bucks a year. Right. Yeah. But you talk about the small business versus a large business, the small business that's coming right out of the owner's pocket. So they're feeling it and they they feel that additional hundred dollars a month, whereas the, you know, the big corporate structure, there's so yeah, many know, hands in the pot, they're not feeling it. No, exactly right. And to be fair, the guy that, uh, and I've gotten to know him quite well, that guy who, who referenced the 5 million, he he has a personal spend, like his team, I say he's, he has a personal spend, he's head of procurement. His budget is $2.5 billion a year. Wow. So yeah. five, 5 million off of 2.5 is not, you know, but to, but to be fair to he himself, he said, look, that to me is a lot of money. And if I can save it, I will. But right. we have so many other projects and so many other things in a way that, yeah, it, you know, we could save $10 million doing something else. So I think he actually said, if we want to save $5 million, we won't put any pens out on the stand at our next conference. So that just give you an idea. Of what, right. Like the amount of money they're, they're spending. But, so but yeah, so talking... usually it's, it's, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Usually it's what? Uh, uh, so I was going to say, so usually it's, uh, um, uh, not so much. Well, I suppose it is hidden fees to a certain degree. It's a hidden markup in the foreign exchange right. if you are using a, uh, a bank. Okay. So you talked a little bit about the kind of impetus for starting the business. Was there something else in your, in your prior experiences that said, I want to be an entrepreneur? Like this is, this is my next step. Uh, I think you need my wife here for that one uh, because she had been <laughs> saying for about 10 years, you need to do that. You need to go out on your own. You need to. And I, at the time I can remember just saying and thinking, but I, I don't know what going out on your own looks like. I don't right. know what the world needs. And I probably did know it, but when you're, when you're working for corporate America, when you are working in a global institution, when right. you, not to be too crass about it, but when you pick up a, a decent compensation, you become addicted to that. And I think you right. bury your head in the sand a little bit and pretend everything's all a-okay. A um, so I had my wife like really pushing and encouraging and saying, look, you should, you should really be doing something. You should really go out on your own. Uh, and then, um, I, honestly, I, it really, I, I found myself in, a, in, a, in an institution where, yeah, I was working for some or with some really great individuals, but just collectively, I, I just couldn't get behind the direction anymore. And so um, my business partner and I had been, if you will, moaning about that for, for quite some time. He was in a different organization. And over a pint, we uh, we said, look, we've, we either do something about it or we just shut up and take the paycheck and just remain in the status that we're at. And so we we just we just said, let, you know, let, let's do it. And but I did have my I can remember it. Well, it's it's my what I call my JFK moment, which is, you know, where you were 
when it happened. And I was on business in Chicago. And um, my wife, God love her, she's very like, look, don't worry about phoning me. Just send me a text. Let me know wherever, you know, let me know you're safe, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, you're busy. You go away. You, you do your thing. I'm busy. I'm doing my thing. So I'm in my hotel and my phone rings and it's my wife. And so that's never a good sign. And the fact that it was a, a FaceTime um, and she vehemently hates this kind of thing, like video conferencing, mm-hmm. that, that whole night, she absolutely hates it. <laughs> so the fact that she's calling me and it's FaceTime, I'm like, right, th- this is not a good thing. And I it better was answer, son. right? <laughs> well, oh, God, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't even have to have it on on ring. Like, I can sense my wife calling me. Right, all right. Have, have that level of intuitive, intuitiveness. <laughs> but it was my son. And... Um, and so he's nine now. So he would have been seven, uh, six at the time, coming up seven. And he was he was in, he was in pieces. He was crying, and he'd never oh, been wow. like that uh, when I when I'd been away. And that for me was a defining moment. I'm like, right, okay, I'm really upsetting my family now, uh, and I probably always was, but now it's visible to me and it's clear to me. I'm upsetting my family now, uh, and I don't think that it's worth it for what I get out of the career that I'm currently in or the people that I'm working with. Um, and uh, so that was it. And I made the, I made the commitment. I, I wanted to, to get out and that kind of like coincided with um, connecting with my, my now business partner and uh, okay. the stars aligned, the stars aligned within like two or three months. I think it was. We yeah, were, typically we were starting they to build. do. Yeah. When, when, you know, I know for myself and so many other entrepreneurs that I speak to, it's, it's that moment. Like, and, and I always say you need to have had the experiences that you've had in order to be able to take that, that giant step forward and become an entrepreneur. So it's, it is, it's that defining moment that aha or that I'm finally ready. I'm finally what mentally, physically, financially, whatever it is, you're ready to take that jump. And usually nine times out of 10 for an entrepreneur, once we take that jump, you never look back. You know, it's funny. It's, it's, it's always an interesting phrase that you never look back. I I do look back, but with positivity. So when I do look back on it, I, I, I then kick myself and think, you should have listened to your wife 10 years ago but, yeah, but to be 10 fair, years ago you weren't ready exactly i wasn't i wasn't and and i and I, I can i can happily and easily admit that to myself as well uh i don't think i i i don't think i had the the confidence i don't think i right. would have had the um the support network necessarily around like, me and just the additional um, experience you got in those 10 years and the additional experience exactly that yeah, yeah exactly and I think I did need to have that. I needed that push. Right. I don't think I was ready to like, uh, yeah, I suppose there's a difference between a, a push and a jump. Um, right. To some, it looks like I jumped, um, but I think yeah, I did need that. <laughs> it was a leap, a little bit. It wasn't a, yeah, yeah. It was a leap, not a jump or a push. <laughs> the stumbled and then fell, I think is the, uh, is the way that I would probably describe it. Yeah, slipped. <laughs> Hey, we all do. That's part of like, that's part of the journey. And, you know, we, we take that step, that leap and some of us figure it out afterwards. Like there's, you can prepare and you can rely on your network and your, the the people around you and all your experiences, but being an entrepreneur, 
there's so many things that you can't prepare for because they just come up. They just happen. They just, you know, they're just there. Yeah. Well, so I I also felt like in the previous four, like in probably the last four years uh, uh, before starting up Green Shoots, I felt like I was stagnating. I felt like I was kind of like, I suppose stuck is kind of like a, it's probably a good descriptor, but um, I felt at that stage I put in so many, good years of really trying to get ahead of the curve into um i suppose being well educated in in what i do for a living um understanding technology understanding the markets etc etc and 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 i just felt i was stagnating i felt i was really standing still in the world and everybody was passing me by and then what I've learned in the last two, two and a half years since kicking off uh, Green Shoots FX is phenomenal. Not just about um, like re-educating myself in, in in the financial ways, but just like, building a business. Um, you know, I, I, I've always had that luxury. Well, there's a few things, right? I've had that luxury of having um, a large bank's logo on, on my business card, right? So that immediately opens doors um Mm. straight away i have uh marketing departments with scores and scores of individuals that are supporting our business that are writing our press releases that are creating the marketing materials that i have a product management team that are constantly developing and and so now you're doing all that yourself so you you're wearing you know you are your (laughs) you are your own head of hr your head of operations the head of marketing, the head of sales, head of finance, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and I'm still sitting here like on a kind of a Saturday <laughs> afternoon doing the books, making sure things are balancing up, making sure that, the, that you know, the income's you know, right, making sure that we're paying right. our commissions out right. So, um, and I know that there's a there's a more automated way of doing certain things, but there's a little bit of me that, that likes the old school pen and paper. Right. It's around here somewhere. I do, I do use an electronic notepad. Uh, so I am moving slowly into the uh, 18th century. But uh, but I am I do like I do like a pad. I, I love to make lists. Um, yeah, and I did not to go too like far. Sorry, I did see I, this. So I have um, uh, a remarkable, which is the electronic notepad, and it, it, there, uh-huh. it there is that look and feel of a of a pad to it. So mm-hmm. I, I really like getting into uh, getting into that. But I did see uh, somebody had put out a meme or or a, a short on um, on LinkedIn that said. Uh, uh, was it uh, high-performing individuals don't make lists, and uh, and I think as I was really looking at that at the corner of my eye, I was on, like writing out number nine on my list. I'm like, oh, that's, that's, <laughs> but there's that's nothing more satisfying. Yeah. There's nothing that's more satisfying than taking the list and going like this what? and scribbling something off. <laughs> exactly, that is it. That is exactly it. Just like putting that line through it and feeling. And I also feel that if my list gets down to like less than like a half a dozen things. I'm, I'm starting to panic. Like, it's like, well, there's nothing left to do. Like, is this the end? Is like, is it over? Is the ride finished? Yep. So, and yeah, soon no, as like you have that have, uh... thought, as soon as you have that thought, there's something to add to the list, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You, you turn to your email, and there's always something that's uh, happening out there. So, yeah. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about like who your target market is, who your ide- what your ideal client looks hmm. like. So this is part of the learning journey. Uh, when I was asked that question on day one, or when I say day one, like day one of starting to build, um, 
And specifically, like I've got three or four friends of mine that are in marketing and they would ask me the same question. And I would just put my arms out and say, everybody, everybody everyone is everyone, out yeah. yeah, yeah. And they're like, mm, no, it doesn't work that way, dude. Um, yeah. Like segment, focus, target. So I'm right. like, that's very difficult because I said, I don't want to like pick the wrong industry. Um, and they're like, no, it doesn't work. So I would say like broad strokes, first and foremost, anybody that is moving money internationally, and that could be um, somebody who is importing a business that's importing uh, and paying global vendors. It could be, uh, and we've had this once or twice, um, a purely domestic US-based company uh, who uh, sources goods, raw materials domestically in the US, manufactures here and sells here. But every five years, they have to buy a new machine to manufacture those widgets, which they do from Italy. So it's a one-off kind of like capital payment, if you will, uh, versus uh, uh, our importers who are making regular payments like almost every month or every other month. Um, And then we have uh, a couple of uh, interesting clients who um, uh, import technology, if you will, I suppose that's the way I'll describe it. Uh, But they pay SaaS fees to uh, a technology company in the UK um, each month. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a a, a movement of uh, doesn't have to be a a movement of goods. And then um, anyone that's exporting as well. So not just importers, we we help exporters collect more us dollars on their global sales than they would do if they were using a, a bank uh, a, a bank to do that and again um many exporters here in the us want to invoice and quote their global clients in us dollars thinking right. well that's the best way right because i'm a right. us-based company and therefore i want to click us dollars but i and, and i see that I do see that, you know, logic from a CFO's perspective, but if you're a sales guy and you're quoting a German buyer in US dollars, you're going to be frustrated that almost, you know, nine times out of 10, they're going to say, thanks, but you're too expensive or thanks, we're not really interested. And and you you just put that down to being, well, I'm just too expensive. But the reason why you're expensive is when they go to their bank and they figure out what that's going to be in euro, you're then too expensive. But if you go to them with a euro quote, you're taking the foreign exchange out of, their equation and you're making yourself more attractive also you're reducing by default um by quoting in their currency so right. you know right here right now um exports are uh, uh sorry well imports for german buyers if you will, are really expensive if you're quoting uh us dollars and so yeah, three months ago when they accepted the price they could afford it now when they come to pay for it with the euro right. being much weaker um that it becomes more expensive. And so they might shrug their shoulders and say, look, I, I don't care. It's on the back of a ship right now, but I'm just not paying for it. So right. we help, uh, we help reduce risk as well. Right. How about organ, like global organizations that are moving money from one location to another? Is that a situation too, that would be beneficial? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So if they're just moving money, like intra-company uh, uh, right. money movements, if there's intra-company money movement, there's there's more likely also going to be some kind of uh, other global component to that as well. So there right. will be a level of import-export uh, collection payment, uh, if you will. Right. But yeah, absolutely. Uh, like we, So we... We were primarily focused on US-based and Canadian-based, uh, and actually, we can we can onboard clients in Mexico as well. 
but we were we were largely US and Canadian focused just because of the 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 kind of level of client service if you will that we could provide so mm-hmm. if as we've seen in the last kind of like in, in the last week specifically with um, dollar sterling dollar euro in fact dollar most currencies like there's been a big shift like on a, in a day there could be a shift in in currency prices and so we send out alerts and we pick up the phone and we talk to clients and say look we know that you typically like to buy euros at this time of the month but we still feel like there's a little bit more room to wait so don't buy today hold off give it another week or so so that's kind of a a a value add that we could bring now we can onboard businesses in australia and in new zealand and in hong kong and we can still give them the product and we could still give them the risk management tools that they're probably not getting from their banks. But that extra mile of picking up the phone when a currency is moving in a particular direction, they're going to know about it 16 hours before we do. So I don't feel like we're really adding that much uh, to them. But that being said, and making a short story long, we do have uh, one or two companies where they have international subsidiaries and we, we support money movement literally backwards and forwards between the two. Usually, usually profit is moving from one to the other. Yeah, but even even in a situation where it's a, a company in another country, to have you watching <clears throat> watching the fluctuation and being knowledgeable in the markets and being able to give them the heads up, that takes that whole responsibility, that whole, um, I, I don't want to call it the risk, but the, just watching the market part of it off their plate. So uh, to me, it would make sense to to have someone else who's knowledgeable in that area take care of that right and so and i so that's a that's a a really good point and also comes back to the the value add that i feel that we bring right especially if you're a smaller business and i i referenced just now like i'm the c uh coo i'm the head of marketing and and there are many small businesses that that operate in the same way. Even if you've got like five, 10, 15 individuals, you're still doing everything. And so right. what you don't want to be doing is like king at currency prices. Well, first and foremost, you're probably not even thinking that you should be looking at currency prices, right. which is the reason why it's you're like, not. We have but to pay this bill today, it, right? <laughs> right. It's that, you know, you're doing that, but it's more, but they're, they're more, the focus are like, we've got to, we've got to, manufacture these goods and we've got to get them out on the back of a truck and we've got to worry about all the other supply chain related issues that are going on out right there, you know right here right now so um like giving that over to someone like us who could say yeah look you just carry on manufacturing your widgets you just make sure it gets on right. the back of the truck we will take care of the risk we will keep an right. eye on the markets for you uh and we also have uh, tools that can do that as well. So clients can get alert, like they can get automated alerts on certain prices if that's what they're looking for. So then they then they know that they could start paying a bit more uh, attention to it. But if there's a material movement, then yeah, we're all over that. We will just ping out um, uh, broadcasts to uh, uh, to um, to clients who are interested in specific currencies. And if it's a big movement and if it's a decent sized client where we know it's going to be quite impactful, then we'll we'll naturally pick up the phone. But, yeah, it's uh, that's, you know, we so I think that also comes back to one of the reasons why we started the company. Your bank relationship manager is probably not getting together with you on a regular basis to talk about 
a specific currency related international payment capability you might be getting together with them like once a quarter to talk about payroll or uh, a new loan facility or a change in um, you know, interest rates uh, and and you know what can happen you know what what can the bank do for you uh, with regards to resetting rates or resetting loans so <laughs> it might sound a little bit flippant but we often say look if you've if you've got a headache you don't go and see a mechanic uh, well, unless your mechanic is your PCP, but like you, you would go and see a specialist, right? So if you got to move money internationally, don't go and see a generalist, go and see a specialist. Right. Like for me, and again, I, I come from the inside, right? So I know how banks operate and I know right. tricks and I know what they get up to and all this kind of stuff. But f- for me, a bank is nothing more now than a receptacle to hold money. And I don't actually need right. a bank to do that either. Like if I really wanted to, I could hold everything on my Starbucks card if I really wanted to. But it's just <laughs> nothing more than a receptacle to hold money, right? My mortgage is over there. My life right. insurance is with a different company. Like I move money, right. well, actually I move money with myself uh, uh, over here. My credit card is over here. Right. This is not the 1950s in the UK right. where you went to the bank you and you'll get bank a bag of money. Exactly. Right. And, and the bank gave you everything. Like now right. you can get financial services from non-financial uh, companies, if you will, right. if you will. So, um, yeah, so we, 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 we're trying to encourage U.S. businesses to think a little bit outside of their comfort zone. But unfortunately, what we find here, and I'm, I don't mean to uh, sound derogatory when I say this, but what we're finding is people are, uh, are, are willing to knowingly overpay if it means they don't have to step outside their comfort zone. I can't tell you how many businesses I've spoken to where they show me what they pay on a monthly basis and and I can come at them and say, look, I, this is this is easily 50 grand a month right. that you're right. going to save. And they go away and, like, and they'll come back and they say, Mark, I, I've, you know, I've just spoken to uh, one of our advisors or I've just spoken to the CEO and, you know, we, we've been doing this for 40 years now, so we know a thing or two. So we're going to carry on doing it this way. I'm like, well, okay. 40 years of doing it wrong doesn't make it right. So, but, you know, that's your choice. And by the way, there's 20,000 other businesses that are doing it wrong that need our help as well. So right. you can you know, you know, think about it. 40 years times whatever, $50,000 a month is... <laughs> Big chunk of it, cash. It, it adds up. It, it, it adds up. I mean, uh, yeah, referencing earlier on that we, our biggest client, uh, sorry, our biggest, uh, the biggest saving that we 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 managed to get for for a company was, I think it was about, I'd say it's probably about nine hundred and fifty thousand bucks. Wow. I yes. think it was something like that. They were yeah. using a they were using a mainstream bank, and um, right. they uh, they ended up. Uh, going back to their bank and saying, Hey, we can, we can get this price from green shoots FX. Like, what can you, can you, what's, can you do something about that? And I ended up speaking to them and I said, can I, can I guess how that conversation went? And she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, uh, so you phoned the bank and they said, Oh no, that's a system error. You shouldn't be on that pricing. You're a premier client. You should be on our premier. And she's like, yeah, how did you know? I'm like, mm, 
I kind yeah. of heard it 20 times a day from my colleagues and right. uh, systems are usually pretty good and pretty accurate. And uh, I can also tell you that that individual probably has a hundred other clients and not one phone call did she make that day. So, right. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it just, it, it, it just drives me nuts a little bit. I don't, I'm not, I'm not disparaging banks in, in any way, shape right. or form. It's just, you know, it's, it's a personal preference and, and mine is. Right. To... And it's education too. It's education yeah. and trust and building trust because again, everyone is bank, bank, bank. And, you know, companies that are dealing international are the big banks using all the big banks. They're not using your small yeah. local bank. And that's, that's so, just kind of the mentality. Right. And so, so I probably should have carried it at the, at the very beginning. It, it's my experience in the large banks that I've, that I've been at, but I've met probably uh, as part of my role in, in the banks, banks were my client and the teams that I'd right. managed, they were other banks were our clients. So people don't realize that banks are actually often selling products to each other then get mm-hmm. downsold to 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 the regional institution so i probably met about 300 banks in north america um and i fundamentally and 100 percent buy into community and regional banks i love community and regional banks I, um, because, why? because because they that tr- they at least try and do something right they're not and they pick up the phone. incentivized to do the wrong thing that's so again right and they and pick up sorry, the phone you can pick up the phone. I love, like, so Margie, my customer service officer here at, uh, at Coastal Heritage Bank, uh, it's, it's when I joined, when we came to the US seven years ago and we, that they were five branches, I think, of 50 people. Like, my first branch, when I joined NatWest Bank back in the early 90s, we had 55 people in the branch. Right. So, like, when she says 50 people, I'm like, that's a, that's a big branch. I wasn't, you know, she, oh, no, no, no. That's the whole company. No, oh, okay. <laughs> but, but so we actually, we, we play a role with the community banks. So we help them retain their clients because more often than not, their client starts to grow, becomes slightly bigger than mom and pop, right. goes to the bank. Exactly. And the bank can't either give them foreign exchange payments because they, they just don't have that capability or right. they, um, they can't get the right price. They can't get the right margin. And so that customer, and we see it time and time and time again, we have these conversations with banks like almost weekly, then walks up the road to Wells Fargo or a JP Morgan right. or a, a Bank of America who say, yeah, look, oh, I can give you the price, um, but you're going to have to move all of your business right? because I'm not doing just one payment a month. And so we've had instances where regional banks, community banks have lost like two, $300,000 worth of revenue. They lose the deposits, they lose the loan income, they lose the mm-hmm. transaction banking just because they couldn't offer um, a good foreign exchange price. So we, we have referral partner arrangements with uh, regional banks so that when they're in that situation Absolutely. again, then right. yeah, exactly. They can pass that client over to us. And um, I think only actually only a few times have we have we come across prospects who are using a regional bank, and mm-hmm. like I, I, I hate taking that business, and so more often than not, I'll probably know somebody in that institution, and I right. will give them a bit of a heads up and say, look, I think you need to proactively reach out and do something about the pricing. 
if if something like more often than not we're taking business from like paypal people who use paypal my god like <laughs> you're getting absolutely hammered like so right paypal uh yeah and it's usually the like the top five top four kind of uh banks right. in the us that's where the that's where the pricing is usually um, not so great so right uh yeah we i i i don't take business from regional community banks right do you partner no. with them it makes sense yeah, totally yeah we want to partner with them you're, but, but you're often, providing something they're not no exactly yeah and so and again what, what many individuals don't realize and what many businesses don't realize if you walk into uh like if i walk into coastal heritage bank for example uh and look for a foreign exchange price that's not coming from them that's coming from a bigger bank that provides right. that to them that provides that to that and so it's usually the bigger bank and that that was my world right that's when i said i right. banks were my clients so that's what we did we were the big bank bigger bank bullies if you will right. talking to other regional banks and saying look you need to move money internationally you need to enter into trade finance right. you need uh whatever it might be on the international scheme you're not going to build that infrastructure um and so you're going to have to use a bank like us. Oh, and by the way, by the way, our price is X, and it ain't shifting right. from X. So if you want it, take it. If you don't want it, tough. And I don't like that mentality. Right. So um, another kind of reason why we wanted to uh, to jump ship. So many businesses don't realise that if they can't get the right price from their local bank, it's not because their local bank is necessarily um, trying to hose them on price. It's because they themselves have fees, high fees. Right to pay to a much larger correspondent bank, as we call right. it. So that's why we try and help out the, right. the, totally the small institution. So I just real quickly, I want to just ask you this question. So you mentioned about being away in the aha moment to become an entrepreneur with your son. How's, how's work-life balance now that you're out on your own? And, and how do you find that, that balance and running the uh, business and having family time? I would say I'm great. My wife might differ. <laughs> I have to meet this wife. <laughs> uh, she's a superhuman. She is a superhuman. Um, well, I so for four years prior, I, I had a based at home role. Anyway, uh, at North America for for a bank, and um, but I was on the road a lot, like a ton. Um, so I had people across the US, and we had clients across the US, so I was always on the road. But the nice thing about it was that when I was when I was home, I was I felt like I was present. So we had breakfast, we had dinner, which is great. Now, um, and coinciding with COVID, and people being more receptive to having video calls rather than right. face to actual face to face meetings. Right, right. It's made out. I think it's made our lives just that much easier i don't have to be on the road so much and um and businesses also don't necessarily want you disrupting their day for a couple of hours and you know them having to sweep out an office and make your right. cups of tea so you know jumping on a call for 30 minutes is uh, but still having like getting that connection uh is great so i i feel like i feel like i have it okay like i have a rule 5 30 p.m that's it i'm i'm out of the office um, and that's a great rule to have i mean we have to especially working in our homes 
we have to put those parameters on ourselves. I think so. Uh, Then I'm going to follow that with a but. I'm usually back down here again about about 9 p.m. when family are all tucked up in bed. And my wife's like, right, I'm going to go and do my art stuff or I'm going to, you know, have an early night. And I'm like, okay. Now, instead of picking up a book and relaxing, I'm straight back into the office and I'm usually here to about 2 a.m. And my wife says, like, what are you doing? Like, do you need to be doing stuff? Like, how can it be that busy? I'm like, well, you, you just make yourself busy. Um, right. So, you know. You're- and it's not necessarily dealing with clients at the time. It's doing the accounting. Yeah. It's doing the marketing. It's doing all those other things. Mostly that. Exactly that. Yeah, it's mostly marketing. From a, from, a, from a client service perspective, from a problem perspective, touch words, like we – we, we don't have any issues like our technology and our software before somebody puts a payment in um it it, it validates that the bet that the bank you're paying to is a is a valid bank that it exists so right. it's it's you know unless somebody's given you really bad information um and you and you they've given you like a a, a live bank but they've given you the wrong information at that bank then most of the time you like payments go through like super fast and so right. we haven't had, and again, I'm going to touch wood, uh, any payments that bounce back. I've not had an email that's come in and said, hey, you know, my beneficiary is claiming my receipt. So it's exactly, yeah, it's all very intuitive. And the way the payment systems move these days in local clearing systems and payment systems, money moves pretty fast. Um, right. So, you know, before you know yeah. it, it's, it's actually in the beneficiary's account. Right. And, and if they're repetitive payments, same vendor, oh. same. Yeah, exactly that. Right. And so the, the system warehouses um, uh, uh, the template, if you will. So it's just a case right. of change the reference, change the value date, change the amount and away you go. Uh, and actually on that note, and I think next I should have it to hand. I think it might be next week's blog, if not the weeks after, uh, actually talks about updating beneficiary payment instructions i.e i've seen fraud hundreds of times over the last 30 years where you 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 know you receive that uh email from your vendor that says oh yeah exactly yeah can you just update your bank details exactly that yeah so always you know pick up the phone validate and even if you're picking up the phone and validate and we say always pick up the phone and validate again because if it's a disgruntled employee that you knew that's moved out then um naturally you're going to pick up the phone to them and they're going to answer and everything's going to be okay right Right. yeah yeah great great advice yeah i we we see it all the time all the time you would do right yeah in your world as well so even just on the domestic side not just international so right yeah it's uh but yeah no i think uh i'm sorry we've even seen it now with payroll with direct deposit it's uh yeah it's scary like there's so much creativity out there to uh yeah there do is. the wrong yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly that. Yeah. And unfortunately, there are far too many individuals out there that want to do the wrong thing. But thankfully, there are way more individuals out there that want to do the right thing. So right. We, right. Uh, we thank those people. Yes. Well, thank you so much for Mark. I really, for being here. I really enjoyed our conversation and so much great information for our audience. Um, best way to get in touch with you. 
Uh, well, you can either email me directly, uh, to, uh, which is mark.ridley at greenshootsfx.com. Uh, you can connect with us through our website, which is greenshootsfx.com. Um, we will be actually uh, relaunching our website, hopefully in the next couple of months. We've got a nice new uh, design coming uh, coming out. Um, and then, of course, that, us, right? say again, sorry. That's your marketing hat, your new website, right? <laughs> well, I'd like to take some creativity uh, from, uh, sorry, some you know creative license from that. But it, 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 you know, no, I've got some very good friends that do some <laughs> some very good stuff. <laughs> so, like, you know, for, well, for, for, it's all. I suppose it, you know it is a journey. And when we when we not to go too far off topic, and and again making a short story long, but like when we when we launched, I remember saying this is awesome. Like, cause it's mine or it's ours. Like, right, right, right. and I, and I was involved in it. And, and even the designer was like, dude, you'll be changing this in about six months. <laughs> no way. This is fantastic. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, here we are two years later and he's absolutely right. Absolutely right. So oh, uh, looking forward to seeing it. Um, and again, thank, thank you. you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. I appreciate and it. I totally totally enjoyed our conversation. So to our audience, thank you so much for tuning in to Pathways to Profitability podcast. Um, You can see all of our episodes at pathwaystoprofitability.com. Check it out. Listen in to all of our prior episodes. And thank you so much. Have a beautiful day. That's it for today's episode of Pathways to Profitability. Remember to ask yourself, where can I pay my success forward today? 